it's complete lockdown. Staples Center, his uh, SUVs go down into underground garage and stuff. So I had heard about where he was entering and exiting. And um, I made a letter with a picture of my back with a diagram of how big I want him to sign, wow. sign my back. And I wrote, Michael, I'm gonna be in LA for the next week. I'd really like you to sign my back for a tattoo. It's the only tattoo I'd ever get. Here's my phone number, here's my info. Um, I slipped it into the back window of the SUV as it's pulling away. I don't know if he's even in there. I just slip it in. Holy uh, shit. And I see the three SUVs like convoy. They all, they stop. Security gets out of the front one. And they're like, who wanted the tattoo? And I'm like, <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> I'm like me. And they're like, follow us. And we followed them on the freeway for like a half hour. And um, then went to Michael Jackson's doctor's office. Tokyo tonight. <laughs> yeah you buddy what's up what's up <laughs> i love that that was fantastic <laughs> i love you're just casting some last minute spells in the corner <laughs> i tried to set up like the fog machine and everything but i didn't have time <laughs> you know you're the, there's very few people that i don't care like i wouldn't have to worry about them being late and the fact that you were like we started late i was like it's gonna be fine he's, he's, <laughs> he's i just knew you were getting shit together or at least trying to yeah, I've um this is how all my Halloweens are. Like I've been awake for probably four days straight, just like <laughs> nonstop finishing everybody's Halloween deadlines, uh yeah. doing everybody's last minute Halloween projects. Um so yeah, I just came from a dance school with like 20 dancers doing thriller, nice. doing all their makeup. I don't know, you know Jesse, I think. Jesse yeah. he um yeah, he did thriller Michael and uh. yeah. That's where I just ran from. <laughs> so fucking cool, man. Are you guys, so when's the show? That we were just filming for like, to put it out tomorrow. Oh, just to put it out tomorrow? Oh yeah, my God, that's so cool. I knew you've always got something cooking, so I'm glad you got to make the time to do this too. Cause I was like, I, in my head, I was like, I'm going to ask him to like end of the end of October Halloween thing. And I was like, oh, he's going to be too busy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this, this Halloween has been like, not as crazy as usual. Cause there's just, you know, obviously not as much going on, but yeah. Um, yep. it's crazy, man. I love how long we've known each other too. And I like that, uh, <laughs> one of the things is that you've always been the same guy. Like there's never like, you know what I mean? Like th this whole thing is like, I can remember walking down the hallways in high school and I just feel like, what is Pete wearing today? <laughs> like, it was always a different costume. You just never gave a fuck. Like with anybody, like, was it, were you always like that? Cause that's one thing I don't know for sure. I just remember you when we met in high school and that's who you were to me. Yeah. In high school, I kind of gave a lot more of a fuck and i was like i kind of wanted to d disappear and just blend in and not be noticed by anyone mm. um like i wouldn't even do the theater stuff i didn't even sure. do the school theater stuff and right. i know harper hated me for that <laughs> you know she, was, she knew i was going out and doing dance recitals and not doing the the high school theater show right but, yeah in high school i would just like wear the plainest thing i could walk mm -hmm. through the hallway i got class quietest in the yearbook yeah uh, and it was kind of after high school that I just like dyed my hair black, shaved my eyebrows, <laughs> wore eyeliner every single day and just didn't give a fuck ever again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You were super, super fucking quiet, except for when we would hang out with other people outside of it. Then it was like, yeah, then outside you were... of school, I was a yeah, different person. But... <laughs> Absolutely. And then inside of school, it was just like, he's, right, he's trying to blend in. He's dressed in black and he's just keeping to himself. Yeah. yeah. It was interesting, man. Did you ever get any people who were like, kind of like, what's that kid's deal? Or did everybody kind of leave you alone? I, I, I was never like, uh, I can't say I was like bullied or harassed or anything like that. Right. Or just like, you know, he's the kid in the background, the quiet kid, you know? Well, yeah. Uh, maybe they thought I would shoot up the school one day, but I don't <laughs> <laughs> But they were like, we're going to be real nice to him. So it's not us. That yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we had a pretty good group 
You know what I mean? Like, I don't remember anybody being really shitty to anybody. Yeah, me and Jesse were actually just talking about this, what driving, like, that whole era of High School East and of Lillian Dean Dance Studio and stuff, for some reason, it was like, a lot of talented people in this few years. Yes. And even some of the teachers have said that, that they noticed it was like this, this moment. And then, you know, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've actually gone back. Like I've actually asked like a couple teachers. I think I asked Harper this at one point too, but I was basically like, look, I know everybody kind of blends together, but you got to tell me ours was spent. Like, cause I was like, there's no way that I just feel that cause I'm old and I'm near death now. Exactly. No it's gotta be like, cause it feels like it. Do you tell me we were special. <laughs> Exactly. I'm like, it meant something. I'm like the the Donatello at the end of the second Ninja Turtle movie when they find out they're from a canister. And he's like, you can't just be this. <laughs> it's it's got to be more. And Splinter's like, what do you want? I'm a giant rat with a dick. I don't know what to tell Like, I don't know what to tell you. Your brother and I never loved each other, Donatello. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was... Tom, were you in high... Do you, do you feel like your high school was you an experience or no? Um, I don't know. That's a really good question. I thought you were going to ask me if I thought your high school experience was. Yeah. I'm like, yes. You remember yes. our high school? I, it was fabled all throughout all other high schools, John. Yes. <laughs> they spoke about the years that you guys went to East. That's what I want to hear, man. Don't even fucking. I'm telling you right now. That's what I want to hear. Because I feel like it ended after. That's what I, I feel like our high school experience was exactly how people feel about 2012, where they're like, yeah, after 2012, everything bad started happening. Well, after fucking 2004. <laughs> boring kids running. Yeah. running. <laughs> they did suck. I think, I, think, I think other children do suck. Um, <laughs> the hardcore. Uh, I, I can just see John in 20 more years. He's going to be playing Boy, the Days Glenn Miller played. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, for the <laughs> Man, you don't even have the courtesy to give me a Springsteen song like Glory Days or some shit while I'm drowning my sorrows at an Applebee's bar. God damn, man. <laughs> so when did you so you got out of high school? I know like for me and again, in my head, it was always like you were always insanely talented. We always knew you were fucking a blast to hang out with. But it literally felt like you went from that to uh Pete is now dancing in shows in Atlantic City and fucking dressing up in, in a giant production of Ghoul Master and shit at whatever. So what was like your first first paid gig for doing something fucking awesome? Um, well, the first time I actually got on stage in front of a bunch of people and did Michael was at the high school East, like one of the dances. And of mm. course, Ange made me do it. Angela, Angela made me get up on stage. Of course. Um, and she was Britney that year. I was Michael. I got on stage. And then the next day, everybody wanted to talk to me all of a sudden. And it was very weird. And that's, that was like senior year. And it was the end. And I was just like done with the whole school experience by then. And, right. and I knew in my head what I wanted to do from there. And I knew I wanted to uh, definitely pay tribute to Michael Jackson on stages around the world. Mm -hmm. And I did that. And I got, you know, I would tour with dancers and bands and huge from everything from huge shows to tiny little you know private uh type shows and then it evolved into Goldmaster at six flags great adventure well does the mike jackson stuff did it feel like that got built up very quickly for you or did it take a time to gradually like build that fan base um the michael thing like that came on so naturally i didn't i never even thought to myself like okay, I'm going to learn to make my face look like his. I'm going to learn how to do the costumes. I'm going to learn how to move. Like I, right. I just watched him so much that it just, it was built into me and I, yeah, naturally uh, started doing all that. And then when I saw the people that were making money doing it uh, around the world, I was like, okay, I could do something with this. And right. yeah, I never, never got a manager or anything like that. Did it all on my own, booked everything on my own. And uh Impressive, man. I took over. <laughs> it did. It went real quick. It was just like this is what you do. This was like this is what Pete does now. I guess this is fucking amazing at it. Were you a dancer when you were a kid too? Who taught you how to do that kind of stuff? Yeah, I was uh, interested in dance right away. I think like the first person that made me say I want to go to dance school was Dick Van Dyke uh, from yeah. Mary Poppins. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I was just like. Uh, just seeing how effortlessly he moved and, and also the Wizard of Oz characters, I was just like, yeah, I I need to. So I started going to dance school around like five years old. Oh, wow. Okay. And then, then later, Michael Jackson took over my mind and took over my mm -hmm. life. And yeah. 
would you say you're just a pretty good are you like a decent mimic like how long does it take you to watch a performance and go okay i kind of see what they're doing um i never have tried to like do any other celebrities or stars i think okay. it was just uh and I never like thought to myself, hmm, I look like Michael Jackson. Like that's something that, <laughs> that's something that a lot of people don't understand is I am just a fan that am I'm using tape, I'm using makeup, I'm using wigs, I'm using as much as I can sure. to, to make my face it's an illusion from stage, you right. know, give them the closest thing. I don't think I look like Michael Jackson. I don't think I my I don't have his body type, I don't have his height, you know. Um, so I just yeah mold everything together to give them the best performance I can. But it's crazy because you do, like, I think I've seen other ones before, you know what I mean? And they don't look good. Uh, <laughs> so, There's a lot that should not be doing it at all. Right. Uh, after he passed away, it was just like oh, oversaturated yeah. with people thinking they were yeah, tribute artists, but yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> the other, the other crazy thing is too, is, and I don't think a lot of people know this, uh, is that I feel like, I had my high school friends. I was friends with you guys. I had a bunch of groups that I kind of floated in between. You guys were the only ones who, I don't know if you just didn't have parents for a while, or but it was like you, Emily, uh, Ange, obviously, Carly, and all those people. You guys would stalk celebrities. Like it was like my friends and I would go to like laser tag and then also <laughs> still not get laid. And like you guys were like in the city. Like you have I, one, I want to talk about the Michael Jackson signature and how you wound up getting that. But two, you guys did like you used to sneak into like events and meet yeah. celebrities. And like, so whose idea was it to initially do that? Because that I actually don't know. This guy. <laughs> really? For me, I, I had a feeling. <laughs> for me, it was always like if I saw something amazing on TV or, or in movies and it was something that fascinated me or mm -hmm. scared me or made me like question things. I wanted to get as close as I could to the actual real thing, mm -hmm. see it with my own eyes, judge it with my own eyes. I, I wanted to peek behind the curtain and see how everything was done. Right. And so if I knew that like a celebrity or a legend or an icon was going to be somewhere that I can go, uh, me and my friends got as close as we could, and we used earpieces. We used uh, all kinds of things. We used fake printed backstage passes. Um, the oh, eyeliner wow. got everything. It was just like it was amazing. <laughs> the VMAs, the you know, just getting up close and personal to these to these things, seeing these people are real, uh, made it all a lot more obtainable. You were like you were like Frank Abagnale and Gawker combined. You know what I mean? Like the ca like catch me if you can, dude. And then like just like fake all those fake passes and shit. That's I I don't know if you could do it today. Probably, no. maybe, but yeah, because that was before like that was a YouTube thing to like try to get into these get into these. We weren't doing it for YouTube. We were doing it for our own yeah. little experiences. Did but you yeah. guys ever have a, a close call like where you were like, "Fuck, we're not getting like it," like you know, cops or anything like that? Um, never to the point of legal stuff. No, I'm surprised. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there were some moments that like, uh, we slept out all night for Saturday Night Live. And then in the morning, they tell you they cut off the line and, you know, oh, sure, you yeah. go home all disappointed. Right, right, right. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and we got to meet Michael Jackson and Prince that way. <laughs> yeah, that's so those I want to hear about as well, too, because you have you got uh, Michael Jackson to sign his signature on your back and then you got it tattooed. But how did you wind up getting that close to him? So this was in April of 2009, two months before he passed away. He's rehearsing for the This Is It shows uh, at the Staples Center in L.A. Mm -hmm. And um, it's complete lockdown Staples Center. His uh, SUVs go down into an underground garage and stuff. So I had heard about where he was entering and exiting, and um, I made a letter with a picture of my back with a diagram of how big I want him to sign wow. sign my back. And I wrote, Michael, I'm going to be in L.A. for the next week. I'd really like you to sign my back for a tattoo. It's the only tattoo I'd ever get. Here's my phone number. Here's my info. Um, I slipped it into the back window of the SUV as it's pulling away. I don't know if he's even in there. I just slip it in. Holy um, shit. And I see the three SUVs like convoy. They all they stop. Security gets out of the front one. And they're like, "Who wanted the tattoo?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Holy shit!" <laughs> I'm like me, and they're like, "Follow us!" And we followed them on the freeway for like a half hour, and um, then went to Michael Jackson's doctor's office. And I walked in, and Michael had a sharpie ready, 
And um, he signed, first he signed his name and then he stood back and he looked at it and he went, hmm. And then he wrote love above it. And uh, then we got a picture together. I said, I'll see you in London. Um, and yeah, I went and got it tattooed that night and it it look exactly like the marker and stuff. And I just got the name put, I didn't get the love put on cause it was a little sloppy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had no idea who's going to die two months later. So <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was just, it just felt like perfect timing. It felt yeah. like it felt so right. And to this day, I'm still, I always think it's weird cause I'll never see it with my own eyes. I'll see it right. in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> pictures. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's there. <laughs> yeah. It's incredible, man. I still, oh, here we go. That is so fucking cool. So dude. sick. Yeah, man. That is incredible. That is God such damn. a cool tattoo. How many people know that when they're do when you're doing your Michael Jackson thing, does anybody know that story? Yes. That has booked me many gigs. Like there have been people that have told me that like, you know, we were between a few impersonators mm-hmm. then we saw the tattoo oh, and nice. we knew that Michael touched you we knew that michael you know, <laughs> so they they want to touch the tattoo they nice. want to like as if it's some connection to him which i guess yeah you know. <laughs> that's awesome but you so watched I, and off the, his love yeah there's, there's me and michael right there behind me that so is cool. incredible man yeah that picture i've seen like oh my god it's just crazy dude i love that you, you were that bold you know at that young the entire time because it just explains your trajectory anyway you know what i mean like it's when I think about that moment of how I I was like bossing him around of how big I want this tattoo on my back. I'm like, Michael, listen. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. What was his was his doctor like, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, what is going on right now? Um, Was he like, this is par for the course. (laughs) You don't get to like the doctor's inside and then he goes down a long hallway. Security stops everybody. So the doctor is waiting upstairs. Oh, that's great. He would go from rehearsal to the doctor's office um, and stay in there for like four to eight hours. And he would get put under with like Demerol and stuff. Yeah. And then he would come out and talk to the fans all groggy and all like. Oh, my God. So. When he came out that day, he wasn't rolling down the window. He thought paparazzi were still there. And we're like, Michael, the paparazzi left. And the window rolls down. And he, <laughs> he takes my cell phone and talks to my friend on my cell phone. Oh, my wow. God. And that was a moment when, like, usually when you're around Michael, it's like rush, 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 rush. Mm-hmm. And then try to remember. That was a moment when, like, I'm watching him now on the cell phone. I'm this close to him. And I'm mm-hmm. looking at his face. And I'm just like, this is the most famous human being in history, I think, right. the whole world. And um, it's some kind of, yeah, uh, aura around him that is just like, whoa. <laughs> and it's not, and it's cool that he really just didn't have much of an ego about like fans and stuff. You know what I yes. mean? That's really cool to hear. Yes. Um, yeah, was- we, would, we would send down uh, security with like $100 bills to the fans outside the hotel and say, go get something to eat, go get food. Um, wow. Would- Think about those people that are sleeping out on the street for him, you know. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I would have. I would. Nobody gives you a hundred dollar bills now for it. <laughs> like, yeah, Tom Hanks is like, get the fuck off my lawn. Uh, unless you're Chet, we haven't seen him in a while. We're worried. <laughs> Chet's the only one waiting for a hundred bucks from Tom. <laughs> um, and so was Prince kind of the same way too. Same kind of situation. No. <laughs> oh, okay. Prince is not a fan, a fan friendly uh, type artist. Was not a fan. You will not find one picture online of Prince with a fan posing with wow. a fan, um, which I I respect because he kept this like mysterious aura about yeah. him. He wasn't just signing autographs and posing. Um, so when I met him the night he was being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, um, and Chuck was with me. And Chuck is really good at like spotting people or spotting vehicles with people in it from far away. Okay. We knew the hotel Prince was staying at and Chuck's like smoking a cigarette there. He's like, here he comes. And the sun (laughs) was coming and the back windows rolled down and I would just walk up to the back window and Prince is sitting right there. And I'm like, uh, uh, congratulations on tonight and he put his hand out and shook my hand I did I thought that was like amazing I didn't think he was gonna do that wow. and then I said would I be able to get a picture with you and he said I'd rather not 
<laughs> and then he said he doesn't sign autographs. And um, yeah, but we had like this little moment where we like ran into him a couple times that night and just crazy. running into Prince. <laughs> yeah. That is nuts. I'm st- I mean, I don't understand. You must have an aura around you as well because I don't know how you didn't get fucking tackled. Like you're like, yeah, we just walked up to Prince's car, <laughs> slid an envelope undisclosed yeah, in Michael Jackson's window. <laughs> you know, po- everything that you've been doing by the way is post 9/11. So the fact that like you and your friends just did this shit is insane. When I first started going out to do all this stuff, like my dad was like, you can't get close to these people. You can't get close to Michael Jackson. You can't just walk. And then you hear the stories and you'd be like, yeah. <laughs> people well, are like taking notes and like how'd you do it <laughs> yeah but it was all a lot of acting like you're supposed to be there oh acting, dude that's what acting. i do forever i mean you guys did it with the celebrity I shit do i do it to like get in shit for free or to take yeah. stuff i'm not supposed to or just really shitty things uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm like uh, movie theater and concert shit. yeah really real sc- Exactly. <laughs> Concerts I didn't pay for. Um, people don't bother you if you have glasses on or if you if you think you're anno- if you look annoyed or, um, yeah. you know, it's all about the it is all about the somebody said it's all about the aura. Um, yeah. I remember, dude, like when I lived when I was in L.A., every actually every time I go to back to L.A., there's a, a 24 hour fitness in Encino that I have not paid for in like four years because I get the free pass right in the beginning. So it gives you like three days. I get to know everybody in those three days. And then the rest of the time I'm there, I just walk in at 2 a.m. And everyone's just like, and I'm like, hey, hey, yep. And then I headphones in, head down, especially if the in three days I establish that I'm a talker. And they're like, don't this fuck, just let him go do his thing. And I'm like, smart move. Yeah. Oh, God. That's so I great, hope the man. manager of that place is a fan now. <laughs> 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 I think at one point I did because I I wound up going someplace else, and I was like I just want to thank Twenty Four Hour Fitness for the <laughs> years of service they provided, and then they were like, "What? Years <laughs> of like, free service? He's not a member." <laughs> um, that's crazy. So then you did. Oh, so I got to go to Ghoul Master too because I just kind of like there was so much involved in that, and I don't think people think even realize it by the end of it because you would start early, like even before like you know like the Halloween shit. You guys would prep and rehearse. And get everything down. How long did that take you to figure out, though? You know what I mean, like from your first get together to the like point where you were like, okay, it's a well-oiled machine. Um, so I start. I started doing Fright Fest. I think in like 1999 or 2000, mm-hmm. and I was like uh, just a character out in the streets. Um, but I was doing my own thing. I was doing my own makeup. Right. I was doing my own costume, and they were just like, yeah, yeah, that's fine, that's fine. And it started to like get recognized and it was like a mix of Marilyn Manson, Tim Burton, Willy Wonka, Michael Jackson, all pushed into one character. Yeah. Uh, all the things I loved. And um, eventually like I made a MySpace for the character. And I thought of the simplest first thing that came to my mind, Ghoul Master, because I was at the head of the parade. And mm-hmm. I was like, Ghoul Master. Yeah. And then the next day at the parade, I hear people saying it, Ghoul Master, Ghoul Master, Ghoul Master. And then I made a logo, and then I sold merchandise, and then I it just blew off. And then they gave me my own show, and then I had a theater for five years <laughs> that yeah. they were just like, do what you want each year. And it was the most like freeing thing in the world to have a theme park say, here's all this stuff, here's a cast, here's right. you know, yeah, it was incredible. When you're bringing in other people to do that kind of stuff, though, is it mostly just? friends that you trust to do it or do you actually kind of scout like you know what i mean like have you gone like what's your process for that they held auditions so they would hold (laughs) oh okay yeah they would hold auditions i'd see a bunch of dancers and then um i'd pick some from there but a lot were picked from my michael jackson shows from friends i knew from Mm -hmm. yeah that's pretty cool. That's interesting. I have a friend. I think he might have been part of your cast. He, really? he actually met him because he worked with us, and he does like bone breaking, like with a he. It's like very zombie esque, where like they contort their body. It's I know I know him by I know him best by like his uh, Instagram handle is like OTP. Oh, okay. I, I'm gonna pull up a picture of it, but yeah. I, I would wager that you two know each other because I always see him like. This time of year is like his time to shine because of the way he dances. As at Six Flags, or I think he's done Six Flags. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think he's been a Six Flags guy a couple of the years. He yeah. has a lot of video shoots. He's all over the place. 
he I actually met him because a friend of mine, I do a lot of live event production. So mm-hmm. he was one of the break dancers they brought on. But it's so far beyond breakdancing because it's this contortionist. Yeah, it's like zombie shit. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah awesome. exactly. Yeah, you got to find his name, see if Pete knows him. Um, I know. And so now you're working on your own religion. Yes. Um, so... I, haven't, I haven't talked about it publicly yet, but um, um, I it's, it's officially registered with the IRS as a tax-exempt uh, religious organization. And it is going to be... Focused, we only worship art that we create. Um, We worship no God, no fables, no myths, no fairy tales. Only what we create and leave behind in this world, uh, that is the highest, most spiritual thing you can do while you're here. Um, To me, it's the, it's the, uh, the only thing, and me and Jesse were just talking about this again, it's the only thing that uh, and you probably feel the same way when you are creating content, you know, you're going to put it out there. It's going to make someone happy, at least five people happy in this world. It's going yeah. to last forever. It's going to be, um, it's, it's your history. It's your legacy. So, uh, yeah, I, I, and that's what me and Angela, that's what our lives were about. Every moment we were together right. trying to create something together that would, that would stay last longer than us. Nice. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. She and I used to talk about leaving something behind because that's how you stay immortal. Is this whatever you put, whatever you put out there is what you're going to leave behind forever. Yes. And, and it's not like a narcissistic thing. I mean, no. it's a part of it is, but um, it's just, I would feel like I'm wasting my time uh, not doing, not doing yeah. this. So, <laughs> absolutely. And very few people I feel like actually have that. You know, some people are content to do whatever, but I feel like for us, for our group, it's always kind of been the same shit where that we're if we're just sitting around too long, not doing anything creatively, we just go insane. Yeah. It's too much. I've yeah. had friends literally be like, you're very cranky. Have you been on stage recently? You know what I mean? Or like done it. And I'm like, oh, fuck, you might be right. Yes. Um, yeah. It's <laughs> obvious. Jesse will call me sometimes. We have to make a video, bro. We have to have some content. <laughs> like, you, know, you sound like if you haven't posted in three days, you're you're forgot. Right. <laughs> When did the video editing stuff come into play too? Because like, well, wait, wait, let's go back to the the, the religion real quick. You're the head of this thing, right? Yes. This does this have anything to do with the director or no? No. Well, um, so the director documentary that uh, I'm working on, it was kind of a parody of a cult of a yeah. weird a weird cult. Loved it, yeah. By a old legendary director that's poss- possibly a mythical fig- mm-hmm. uh, figure, and. I, I kind of like experimented with the whole cult thing as an art project, doing it uh, through mail and online. Right. And a, a lot of people were interested. It was more than I could handle right away. And I was like, I have to do something bigger with this. And that's when I started like really looking into religious law, religious like tax laws and how everything is worded in our constitution and how once you have a religion of your own, the government basically can't question you or fuck with you at all. Um, wow. There, the, the religious, the tax exempt religious churches, they every year, like 1200 preachers or priests get together and they will purposely break the laws of the IRS and disobey their laws to test them and see if they'll be kicked out. And the IRS does nothing. Holy <laughs> like, shit. Just, wow. You know, so um, you went through this whole process and got it like official. I did a lot of paperwork. I did, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah an official religion now, and um, soon the scriptures will be available online to oh everybody, God. and it's going to welcome artists from around the world, from any religion. You could keep your you could keep your other religion and still come into. <laughs> it. I won't say the name of it yet, but um, okay, yeah. <laughs> sweet. All right, man. I hope you come back on when we uh, uh, when you finally launch the religion, man. I want to. I want in. I'm building the website now. So. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that's where we are today with religious belief. It's like also the website's coming. Yes. <laughs> and a TikTok. Um and an amazing trailer video. <laughs> how did you design that? Because we have a picture of the director, right? Can we yeah. toss that up? Um, I think Tom's. Hold got on that. one second, I'll grab uh, that for you. But uh, because I'm curious, like that I don't think I've ever seen anybody look like that. But it also it seems like you're in black and white. Was that the basic premise of like even when you're you know, out and about or whatever, because it's really, and you look old. 
Like, but you know what I mean? But like yes. young, but old, like classic old. It's weird. Yes. Um, it was a mix of like silent film stars and like Charlie Chaplin mm -hmm. and, um, and Howard Hughes and Michael Jackson and these, right. these kind of uh, freakish, eccentric people that would, that let their character take over their entire life. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, we went out to California for, we went out to LA for like uh, two weeks and with like an actual cult of people where all wearing uniforms and everything and filmed a little documentary where everybody just like really fell into these roles and really like wait till you see some of these interviews because it feels like real I Charles Manson cult type. <laughs> yeah, there was a while there where I love when you're up to something because I don't there it is. That is fucking phenomenal. <laughs> that is crazy, man. The, the thing is, like, whenever you're up to something, I know, like, there's just pictures that'll slightly come out. And at that point, though, I think there was just a photo of you in the desert alone, like, in a year. I don't even know what it was, but I was like, I think anybody else would have been like, oh, fuck, I hope he's okay. And I was like, something good's coming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, everybody else is losing their mind in the pandemic or doing whatever. And I'm like, Pete's just out in the middle of the desert fucking yeah. around. I don't know what I've he's doing. I've traveled so much this during this whole lockdown thing, like... uh driving cross country and camping and just like yeah i've i've been taking advantage of the whole like nature thing yeah i have felt was, like i haven't seen you in like fucking year i don't know was it last time we saw each other when we were on the plane after i think so yeah that was the crazy yeah okay that's a long fucking time we we both wound up on the same plane going out to la and we both looked at each other and we were like you do know this is how it goes down right yeah <laughs> like like we were in the same like we were literally like row apart from each other yeah. like you know and and also there's like what three major airports we all could have flown out of and for some reason we just wound up going to the same eh, it was a little weird but i was just, just like after oh, our was... best friend's funeral like just... yeah yeah after our best friend's funeral, yeah <laughs> Literally, like, just in succession, we were just standing outside of it. And I was like, I'm going to L.A. next week. And he's like, oh, me too. And then they were like, flight. We literally said the same flight number. And we were like, okay. <laughs> okay. I have a lot of um, nightmares about planes going down. Dude, I, you? I'm, right there. I'm right there with you, man. I'm not a guy. I, I, I've been able to calm myself down, but I'm, people are surprised when I tell them as much as I've flown. I'm not. I don't like flying. Yeah. So like yeah. I very much like I usually get drunk, which is always a great option, which you don't think you can do anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I usually get drunk or like I don't like takeoffs. I don't yeah. like looking out the window like the shade. I always close the shade. Um, well, because I actually binge watch aviation disaster. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like I like Wait, I'm fast like to survive them. There are charts of where most survivors like sit and where most people die on things. Nice. And then, but um, there are stories of things that happen. Like you got to, there was, there was a pilot who got sucked out the front window mm -hmm. and his feet got stuck on the controllers. So the plane was pushed down and he's hanging out the front of the glass window with his body slapping again. And he survived. No wow. way. Yeah. Holy shit. The flight attendants held his legs in, and at one point they're going to let him go because they thought he was just a corpse. Right. He survived. <laughs> oh my god, that is. Did he fly again? Yeah, I. It's just like the the co pilot said. He just looked like this like uh, lanky like thing slapping against the plane, <laughs> and just there was blood on the window. I just can't imagine that. people seeing it go by. I thought it was like a car dealership ad. They were like, look, yes! like one of those. <laughs> inflatable things hanging outside the window yeah i always like i'm i can't help but think about this stuff you know what else i think about too i don't know if this happens to you but if i go and i get myself at a four-way intersection no matter what if there's nobody there or if there's like one or two cars as soon as i cross it i imagine a car slamming into me coming from the other way in every a blind fucking, spot right <laughs> yeah in a blind spot every fucking time that's just how i picture it so I don't know if I would even be phased by it because I, I think I would just be like I'm just expecting it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I saw this coming. <laughs> well, the plane crash thing. I've my dreams about it have been so realistic that I feel like I have really experienced that like feeling of knowing like all right, well, there's yeah. nothing I could do now. This is right. <laughs> do you know? Do you do you see your death in the dream though? 
usually once the impact happens, I'm awake. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Yeah, good. That's probably, I think, I've, I don't know. I don't know too much about it, but I've heard that's a good sign. When you see your death in a dream, then you're like, oh, fuck. Don't look yeah, I never see my death. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've been in a plane where, I don't know if you know, there's things called air pockets. So apparently you can hit one and you lose altitude fast. And I, I'm not asleep. I can't sleep on planes ever, right? I just, I don't know why. I just can't ever do it. So uh, this one flight, of course, I'm actually oddly comfortable. And I'm like, I think I can actually fucking pass, pass out. It's going to be great. And like lean back. I started to close my eyes and we hit an air pocket and dropped 100 feet. And like the dude next to me, like his shit, like the drinks he had, like fell off. Somebody was in the middle of the aisle on the ground. People were screaming. And then the pilot's just like, yeah, we seem to have hit an air pocket there. And I'm like, no one knows what that means. <laughs> like, are we going to be okay? It was so fucking weird, dude. And then, but like, as it, as it happened, I literally just didn't do anything other than go, oh, all right. <laughs> no screaming. You know how no. you look at the flight attendants' faces to judge? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, he, have right. you ever seen the KMP, uh, the sketch where it's like the whole plane's really shaking and he's in the, uh, in like the jump seat as the attendant and he just has this blank face on just staring down. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i've never seen that one that's so great yeah the rest of that flight was great because people i've never seen people on an airplane stop giving a shit but like once that happened like they'd be like Bong, like fasten your seat and people they were like fuck you yeah <laughs> like everyone's sharing food and People are standing, leaning on each other's seats. Talking there's no more rules. Yeah, there's no more rules. They're like, we almost died in this sky cabin, you fuck. Uh, <laughs> it's not happening. That's yeah, but now you can't get drunk with your masks on because people get too angry, I guess. Oh, I know. That's I, that's <laughs> the craziest thing, man. It's like, they just, uh, did you hear the one dude who punched a flight attendant in the face and broke her, like, she has like broken bones in her face because she nudged him. Did she, what, she asking him? The... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he just got up and like decked her. And then they're like, and of course, like United Air is like, these things happen. <laughs> you know, it's like, do they though? Are they to? Um, how, what's the farthest you've traveled for work? Because you've done some gigs overseas, right? Sweden or Iceland. Oh, so I, that was it. Ice, yeah, Iceland probably. Right. And do they? What was the? What was that like? That was a big Michael show, and that was right. they they set up that whole like visit for us. So cool. Like they had a tour bus, take us around to all the locate. So we didn't actually just a lot of places you go to the hotel, you do the show and you're yeah. out. Mm -hmm. And they set up like this whole kind of tourist thing for us, showed us all the cool places, let us get all our pictures. And yeah, that was, it was amazing. Um, Sweden was amazing too. I felt like I was living in like a beauty and the beast type, like uh, we old world or something like that. Mm -hmm. And um it was a big music festival, and yeah, that was fucking amazing. Because <laughs> we did that. I mean, I'm always impressed by the sets and stuff that you guys wind up putting together, and sometimes relatively quickly, too. It just feels like you've always had stuff available to you. Like the day we did that uh, that music video, or the Trap House video that you guys yeah. put together. Probably one of my favorite times with you and Chuck. Yeah. Just shooting that shit was great. Um, but, I mean, the stuff that when I got into your house, you had stuff that, like, I don't know if you had used yet. You know what I mean? So, like, are you just amassing things that you'll see? If, because Absolutely, it's... yes. <laughs> Everything and... from garbage to thrift stores to Goodwill to, right. um, like, spotting spotting things. But I'm not, like, a hoarder to the point where, like, uh, right. you know, uh, I do eventually use everything or, like, find, like, oh, this is what I needed that for. And I feel yeah. like it all... <laughs> yeah. So what's the creative process like for you then? Is it mostly just, are you drawing from, like, you know, uh, the stuff that you find, like, how do you begin to go, okay, look, I'm going to make this music video. This is what I want to do. Where does it start? Cause you know how like musicians will be like, Oh, sometimes I write the music. Sometimes I write the lyrics comics, either sit down for an hour and write, or they just get whatever. What's your, like, how do you go about it? Uh, so that's what I was doing most during this whole lockdown thing. When there was no live shows going on and stuff, I was making music videos for local bands and nice. local artists. And, um, it was pretty amazing because I, I was expecting a lot of people to come in with their whole full idea and everything. But so many people just gave creative freedom and just like let me and uh, my partner, Nick, uh, he makes some music videos with me. We work together in Hal Peak Productions. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, all, all these bands gave us so much creative freedom. And that's that's my favorite thing to come in 
Um, I have the kind of vision in my head, and then I make as much as it happen, make as much happen as I can in the little time I'm given. And right. then editing is, of course, my like you know post production is where I probably spend the most time, like nights and nights of just like obsessive, yeah. obsessive Adderall editing. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why you're one of the few people I can like give something to and trust that it's going to be fine. Like, there's not a lot of people who like creative freedom. Like, yeah. sometimes I'll work with somebody and they literally want you to take them step by step. Or they don't like, know. What, yeah, yeah, or that, yeah, exactly. And nine times out of 10, every time I've given you something, I'm like, I don't know, man, just have fun with it, do what you got to <laughs> do. And then you leave you alone and it just gets done and it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's where I work the best. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I've never had a, a real steady job where i'm being told you do this then you do this that because i would not be able to survive I was just gonna, that was gonna be my next question because i was gonna say have you ever had i mean i know you've had a couple normal jobs but like how long have they last you know what i mean like what was like overnight at kohl's uh stocking <laughs> stocking overnight at kohl's was probably my longest thing and eventually like one of the women there she looks at me and she goes the fuck are you doing here <laughs> And she goes, get out of here while you still can before you turn 50 years old and realize you've been like working in cold. And I was like, wow. <laughs> and you left that night on the truck that you were unpacking. Yeah. <laughs> left to Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had some garbage fucking jobs and I always used to do shit that would remind people I didn't belong there. So like <laughs> eventually they would get the idea. Like I would always, you know draw something ridiculous or just like leave a clip up of me performing somewhere or whatever. And I'd be like, Oh yeah, no, I don't, I do that actually. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't really care. About this job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm kind of better than you. It's fine. <laughs> um, uh, have you ever, cause we, we talked about it a million times before you did the stand up set. Um, the one time you, that's the one time you did stand up, right? When, okay. When Chuck came with you. Wait, you weren't there. No, I wasn't there. We've talked oh, about it. Like, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. No, I mean, we've talked about it a couple of times, but I love, this is, this is the only time you've done stand-up, though. Yes, but I really, I really want to do it again, and me and Chuck have been talking about doing open mic again, but the one time I did stand-up, I... This is so great. <laughs> I wanted to go up and just, like, do an Andy Kaufman-type, uh, nervous, embarrassed, first-time comedian, um, and... We went to an open mic and it was one of those packed ones. Like, I think we must have sat through like 23 other comics before oh, I got to go up. And um, I had a bag, a Ziploc bag of water in my underwear. And I went up there and I said like some horrible jokes and I got nervous and I started squeezing the bag and the water was like <laughs> coming down my leg. And I was shocked that the host, the host was fully, uh, he thought it was real, hundred <laughs> percent. To the point where he got on stage and like, you know, our first times up here, they could be really hard, and like we just gotta. And I was like, I didn't think the host was gonna fall for that, but <laughs> that's amazing. Chuck left the room. He it was so cringy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> was there anybody there that you guys knew, like any other comics or anything like that? Um, there was there was one big name comic. I didn't know who he was, but he okay. was in the back like um and the <laughs> i said um was my, oh my god my first name was um oh it was spelled jared so the host introduced me as jared and when i came up i said it's actually jarred and <laughs> i heard him in the back go ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god but yeah i want to do that again and this time i have like an idea to make it a little more cringe in a way of just like really uncomfortable topics right off the bat, oh. like coming up and just setting a tone. That's like, Oh, this is going to be. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. How much prep goes into something like that though? Like, cause you, you know, like you a have a bag and some water. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> I understand how props work. <laughs> you son of a bitch. I, I mean, like to break. get your mind around, like, you know what I mean? Like you have to commit to that shit. How do you not fuck? Cause like, I don't think that's something I could do and not break or not acknowledge the situation. Are you fully in immersed in that character at the time? Yeah. Yeah, I am. And I feel like you, you wouldn't do that because 
that would be like me going on stage and trying to do like a horrible Michael Jackson performance or something. <laughs> because, you know, that's what I I do seriously. And right. that's do. so I guess it would be like, yeah, for you to go up there and try to do a cringe, horrible stand up. I, right. <laughs> but I I fully get in that mindset and I truly don't care what <laughs> I I lost that a long time ago. I truly yeah. don't care. <laughs> Thanks. So yeah, it's just fun for me. It is kind of nice to have that burnt out in the front of your brain. Whatever that is, is not there anymore. Like that's the same thing. Like sometimes when we've gotten guests on or whatever, like I called, I had a conversation with Elliot Gould the other day for an hour on the phone and people are like, how? And I'm like, well, I don't know. My manager got me his number and I, I wanted him on the show. So I just called and yeah. they're like, and, and I'm like, and he's going to do it. <laughs> and, and i have no problem with it um you know it's same you, thing when we you got and it. emily you and emily have always been good at that making yeah. random phone calls making random at, like connections that and it's just yeah. like nobody else everybody else kind of fears saying things to people but some some celebrities i feel like they want to help out some yeah don't want to be bothered but take nine your chance at it yeah <laughs> nine times out of ten we were talking about this the other day it's usually their fucking management or pr that are just outright fucking assholes and like this yeah, and there's a couple times I've gone around them, and I love doing that because uh, when I've actually gotten them to come on without anybody's approval, I will politely, as politely as possible, email them back. Go, hey, just want to say thanks, and you know we had a great time. Just to fucking like really dig it in. Like send them you, a fucking gift basket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You piece of shit. I'm gonna be so nice to you about this. It is kind of crazy. Like our our again, our class, like we had a lot of people come out of there that were insanely talented or pursued show business in some way, shape, or form. And I don't I didn't see that a lot afterward or even before. I don't know what it was. Have you been watching a lot of the high school classes afterward, Judd? (laughs) (laughs) We monitor them, all right? We do. We try to see the competition coming ahead. This guy's got his own fucking religion. You don't think he knows where where the youth's going to be going? (laughs) I know where that mindset is. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, but we have a lot of siblings, like brothers and like friends who have like a lot of siblings or whatever. And I did. I was bringing both. No, I'm not defending it. I'm saying it is. I'm like, guy, please listen. I don't want to get involved, but um, yeah, no, but like it is weird because I feel like they just didn't do too much. I don't know why. It was like, uh, and I don't know if it was because of like, I always think about it. Like, I'm like, is it the, you know, 80 slash 90s that we grew up in the shit we used to watch on TV? Because I feel like a lot of that back in the day was like, fuck your real jobs. Your dad's an asshole. Become a star. And we were all like, yes, we did. Grow up with a very specific, like, did you watch Pee Wee Herman growing up? Of course, yeah. I was going to ask, is that him sitting in the corner behind you on the mantle? That's me and Pee Wee Herman, like, right there. Awesome. See that is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I went to his Broadway show, and that was, like, when this app was coming out. What was it called? I don't know. But he sent an invite to everybody in the audience to come bowling with him. And we all went to a bowling alley. And he bought everybody food and like actually took time to like talk to everybody. Holy shit! And it in you know in full Pee Wee makeup character. Uh, I was obsessed with Pee Wee as a kid before Michael Jackson. Before um, I would like get on the bar and do the tequila dance and everything. And um, <laughs> yeah, so he was my first like idol. <laughs> nice. But yes, I think the entertainment at that time destroyed our minds in a way, but also opened our minds to <laughs> yeah. Anything goes at that point. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's kind of sad. I mean, I always like he seems to be doing all right or whatever, but I never understood the backlash to him. He would like you know, that was the because like, when I was a kid, I didn't understand. I thought he did the most heinous thing imaginable, and I'm like half of the shit we did. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> like, I, his yeah, his scandal was one of the most like when I look back at it now, like that was just someone trying to ruin a, a child's, you know, performer's career. Cause it was right. Like, hey, did you guys know this child star has a dick? Yeah. <laughs> and, was like, and in a porn theater, he might've touched it. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Oh no. You, your kids will never be able to watch him again. Like, yeah, I'm sure they're reading the news. You but know what I mean? Like, kind of- it did kind of like scare me to see. I remember seeing the first pictures of Pee Wee when he had like it was the mugshot, yeah. the long yes. hair, and, and the Inquirer. Oh, yeah, like, <gasps> right. 
And you're like, that's what touching your dick does to you. Yeah. <laughs> they put you in an orange jumpsuit and you grow your hair out? Fuck. I've stayed away ever since. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's so crazy. When you think about, all like, over the years, everything that they've tried to do to control celebrity or entertainers or anything like that, like, even this, this recent wave of bullshit that's going on. I know we talk about it all the time, too, but it just drives me crazy. I know, and... Like right now, the the story that I cannot get out of my head is obviously the Alec Baldwin thing. Like, yeah, I keep replaying it in my head, and and that's another thing I have nightmares about is like accidentally doing something that lasts that you have to live right with your life. And there's this feeling in the dream when you wake up and you're just like relieved, like oh my god, yeah. that's not really. <laughs> but to wake up every day knowing you did something like that, it's just, right, rough, yeah. And then for the to find out like like John Mulaney and Olivia Munn broke up the next day after the shooting. Oh, just cr- no, oh. I don't know. <laughs> Soul crushing. Um, well, listen, we got to wrap up, but thanks for uh, coming on. I got two more questions for you. We ask every guest, so I'm going to ask you now. First one is, uh, if you can go back in time, tell your younger self something that would help you out today. What would it be? Um. It would probably be something about saving money because I'm, I just don't do that. But I hear you, me too. <laughs> yeah. I've always been horrible with numbers, money, all that stuff is just like, I guess it's the right brain, left brain type thing. But yeah, I don't even want to hear about it. <laughs> let, hey, me create, let me create my stuff. <laughs> yeah, I just we just talked. To, I just talked to Tom about that because we had to have like a business thing. And I was like, I don't understand it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I, get I money. like money. I like yeah. it. <laughs> I like the freedom it provides, but I don't understand how it works. Yeah. <laughs> like, let me give you this piece of paper and then you respect me <laughs> uh, or pretend to at least. Um, and then, so the last one is what had to end in your life, either good or bad in order for you to wind up where you are today. Um, I always wonder how different my life would be if Michael Jackson was still alive. And, uh, that's like after he died is when the tribute artist career like took off to the point of, okay, this is my full-time thing now for like a few years and this is what I'm doing. And so I think my life would be a little different if he was still around and um, yeah, that's the first thing that came to mind with that. Nice. Awesome, dude. Well, listen, it's always good to see you. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. I also got to go to Neverland twice, and we'll talk about that next time. Oh, holy fucking oh. shit. You can just drop that on. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll save it. Oh, so I am making a, a YouTube channel where I'm going to tell all my Michael encounter stories like in graphic detail because I have it all in my head and I want to get – I was going to write a book, and I'm like, no, I have to just spit it all out and yeah, say sure. it. So it'll be a YouTube channel. It'll be Fantastic. coming. Fantastic. Awesome, <laughs> I'm looking yeah. forward to it. I'm definitely going to follow it. Yeah, we'll plug the shit out of it, dude. You can come back on when it launches and when your religion launches. And I hope there's a seat for me at that table. Uh, yeah. <laughs> do you guys have robes? Can we wear anything fancy? Oh, there's, What's... there's gonna be uniforms, there's gonna be costumes, but we admit that they are costumes and we oh, admit nice. that they don't make you any better than the next person wearing. <laughs> wow, I'm loving this shit. I think I might do you get actually... to create your own costume? Like, is that your piece of art? That's part of it, yes. Yes. Oh, wow, <laughs> I'm loving it. So you could wear the biggest pope hat in the room, but you're not better than anyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm titling this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Pete Carter, you could wear the biggest pope hat in the room. But just remember. Mean, yeah, but just remember. <laughs> oh, it was great seeing you, man. Thanks so much for coming on. You too. Thank you for having me. Yep. Nice Thanks. meeting you. Dystopia tonight.